0: Give it up for him. He's worthy. He is worthy this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated this morning. Thank you again, worship team. What a phenomenal job leading us and to the presence of God and, and singing together. Aren't you glad that you don't have to lead the singing? Some of you are like, no, I should be the one up there. Listen, that, you take that up with God and lay it at the altar, and let's see what he would do with that gift and that calling. Well, if, if you're joining us online, we want to welcome you again. If you're in the house, welcome. If you came in after our welcome this morning, it's a good morning already, isn't it? Oh, it's been way better than that. It's been a good morning already, right? Amen. Amen. You know, I, I said this in our opening, and I want to say it again, just one glimpse just one word from the Lord, just one touch from him, transforms everything. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, usually in August, if you're joining us, we, uh, we, have, we have, for the last few years, celebrated uh, Sundays together during August, where we've had other churches join us every Sunday, and we pack the house out, and it gets rowdy, and it's been a ton of fun, and COVID has put a damper on that, and we're just, we should start a movement where we just protest or something. I don't know. Um, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, let's not go there, sorry, let's just shift back to spiritual. So, um, but this morning we've done the very best we can with what we've got, and I think it's been great, hasn't it? This August has been wonderful to hear from some, some voices. We've been blessed to have Pastor Bill Clark and Jake Hannon share with us this morning, and this morning you're going to get to hear from uh, one of my friends who I've really enjoyed uh, getting to Reno. We, we knew each other as young men. Uh, We actually officiated a funeral for a pet at my parents' house. Uh, Well, we we assisted, uh, truth be told, we assisted Pastor Jordan in officiating a funeral for a pet at our house. There's video evidence of that floating around. If you can find some, it's probably a good watch. You'll get a chuckle. Uh, but I've known uh, the man I'm about to introduce to you. You don't need an introduction to him. He's been around, but I want to introduce him and honor him this morning. I've known him for years and years. And just in the last maybe uh, 10 years, we've gotten to hang out. And really in the last maybe three or four, we've gotten to spend some more time together. And I want to tell you, our hearts have been knit together by a passion for what God wants to do in this region, by a passion for making disciples. And I really appreciate him because he just tells me to do what God tells me to do. How many of you know you need voices like that in your life? Like when you you hear from God and you think it's crazy and you think, like that can't be faith, that's just nuts. You need somebody else coming around you saying, no, no, that's faith, you should do that. Right? We need those voices. There's too many voices around us that say, I don't know, that might not be wisdom. You know, we need those voices that say, just go for it, just run, let's get it done. And this man has been that voice in my life. I'm thankful for his personal friendship. I'm thankful for the friendship of his family, his beautiful wife, Amber, and their boys. We've had a great time just getting to know them. By the way, boys, my daughter, Charlotte, loves you. So I, I, got, my, I got my eyes on you. I got my eyes on you. You guys did great grocery shopping with her when you were at our house. She she thinks you guys are so cool, and I think you're cool too. But anyways, it's not about them. It's actually not about Pastor Mike, but it's about the Lord who wants to speak to our hearts this morning. But would you honor the Lord? Would you honor Pastor Mike as he comes? And let's see what God would say to our hearts. Let's welcome him this morning to the platform to share God's word with us.
1: Wow. It is good to be back. We, uh, we have missed it. I know my church has missed it. Amber and I have missed it. Our boys have missed being with you guys in August. Um, we have been watching you guys online, uh, keeping up with you. Pastor Josh, you guys, you and your staff have just done a phenomenal job of transitioning, changing. Everything's different now, and you guys have really done a really good job of kind of working through that. And so I commend you for that. Uh, there's so much quality going into it. It's just really cool. And so looking forward to seeing how you continue to ride the the wave of this new normal. And uh, just felt like I was supposed to just speak a blessing over this house and over you guys. So I just bless you guys. And uh, God is going to do great and wonderful things through this. And uh, as you kind of continue to use this time to... Just bring some some much needed changes. I just bless those changes and all the transition, and uh, don't get freaked out. New covenant. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just t- telling telling what God told me to. But uh, just you you know use this time to really look at at what what's important and prioritize what's important. We're going to be in Psalm 23 this morning. Uh, For my church, we have been going through Psalm 23 this summer and just looking at it, and so this week we're up to verse 5, and I really felt like I was supposed to continue that with you guys this morning and make you a part of that. So if you want to turn your Bibles or in your phones to Psalm 23, uh, we're going to be looking mostly at verse 5, but I'm going to read the whole thing just because it's such a beautiful psalm that David wrote. David wrote it later on in years. And so Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear No evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And here's where we'll be this morning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, we just take a moment right now to quiet our hearts before you. Holy Spirit, so much has changed in our lives, so much has changed around us, but Lord, you haven't changed. You are still the same. You're the one that is our shepherd. You provide for us. You're the one who leads us beside quiet waters and green pastures. You are the one that refreshes us. You're the one that leads us through the valleys. You're the one that leads us with your rod and your staff. They comfort us. And Lord, I pray right now that even though a lot has changed around us and nothing seems normal, but you are the same. You're still the one that speaks to us. And so we're here this morning to hear from you, Holy Spirit. We just ask that you speak to us, use your word. Use the words that come out of my mouth. And Lord, we just wait on you. We listen to you, and we want to hear from you. And we thank you for that, Lord. I just speak peace right now over this house and each and every household that's watching this. Lord, I just pray joy over all of us right now. Let the joy of the Lord be our strength. And Lord, would we'll just fill us all with your love this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. So the theme of my sermon this morning is you are anointed for conflict. And some of you are like, yeah, that's right. Just tell the last person I got into an argument with. I've been waiting for someone to tell me that their whole life. Yeah, I'm anointed for conflict. And some of us, we really like to get into a good argument. For some of you, you know, it's not the holidays until you've fought with somebody that you're related to. For some of you, you know, you look for those... Posts on Facebook that you can put your opinion into. And so, yeah, 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 Pastor Mike, I'm definitely anointed for conflict. And then there's people like me who hate conflict, and you're like, no, 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 I'm not anointed. Pastor Mike, you need to hear something else from the Lord. But Psalm 23.5, that's what comes to mind. We are anointed for conflict. And I hate conflict. I hate conflict. Anything that has to do with arguments, fighting, conflict, I hate it all. In fact, the first fight that I can remember ever getting into was in this building, okay? There was a kid in my class. I went to school here when it was still a school. There was a kid in my class, and we did not get along very well. And we put up with each other for a couple months, and um, then one day in the lunchroom, over in the family room, things kind of got to a boil. You know how sometimes you have a relationship and it's just kind of simmering right under the surface and it just takes like one comment or one thing and and it just kind of boils over? Well, that day happened in the lunchroom and um, so we decided that we would meet in the bathroom over in the classroom wing during lunch and take care of this this whatever it was I don't even remember what we were fighting over so we were in the bathroom and like we didn't neither of us I don't know if either of us even knew how to fight like this was like third or fourth grade that I'm talking about and so we just kind of like walked around I think somebody pushed somebody I think someone grabbed someone and so we just started like kicking you know like we don't know what we're doing and I don't, really, I don't even know who won the fight. The only thing that I can remember is at the end of the fight, which is usually how it happens for me at the end of every fight, we were both crying. <laughs> like we were, and, and it wasn't even because we got hurt. Because we went back to the lunchroom, and no one even knew we got in a fight. Like, that's how much of a wussy fight it was. Nobody even got hurt. Like, we were both able to walk in the lunchroom, and nobody even knew we were gone. Like, there was no black eyes... There was no bruising. No, no bruising. Nobody was limping. Well, but, but we were both crying because, for me, like conflict is not an enjoyable thing, and I've found that when when a fight happens, nobody wins. Okay. But you look at the life of David because he's the one that wrote this psalm, and he says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. And you Look at the life of David, and you look at all the different conflicts David got into. And you look at all the different enemies that David could have had. And you see how he responded and handled all the different times that he had a conflict. I mean, you think about Saul, right? Saul was the first king of Israel. He was a pretty bad king, not great. So in the middle of Saul's reign, being king, David gets anointed as king. And this threatened Saul. And so Saul tried to kill David, right? You guys all know this. But what does David do in response to to Saul, David serves Saul, doesn't he? David is called to play the harp. When Saul would get really stressed out, the only thing that would calm Saul down was when David, the guy that he was trying to kill, would come into the room and play the harp. And it would calm Saul down. Down so much that even though Saul hated David, it worked. Do you know that David was one of Saul's mightiest men in battle? That's how much he served Saul. David could have outright just refused. To fight for this guy who was trying to kill him. Instead, he goes to battle and he has some of the most victorious exploits of all of Saul's men. In fact, people would say that he killed more people than Saul did. And Saul was a mighty warrior. David chose to serve his enemy. And you say, well, I'm anointed for conflict, Pastor Mike. What does that mean? It means that you're anointed for conflict so much that even if you have an enemy, even if you have someone who you don't like, even if you have someone who's the villain in your life, you're still called to serve them. There's so much I could talk about in serving people, right? But one thing that God wanted me to point out to you this morning about serving people was oftentimes, listen up, oftentimes the people that we are called to serve are the people that we make the enemy in our life so that we can justify not serving them. A lot of people think that their boss is their biggest enemy. A lot of people have vilified their spouse and made them the enemy. A lot of people have vilified their pastor because they don't want to serve their pastor or their church leader. A lot of people have vilified their friends or peers who are trying to keep them accountable. You ever have someone that you've asked to keep accountable? And then like a week later, you can't stand that person? And a lot of times, we make people the enemy simply because we don't want to serve them. Your boss, your spouse, the people that have been married three, four times, because they make their spouse the enemy, because their spouse, they're supposed to serve them, they're called to serve them but they have a hard time serving them because you see the flaws and you're like i'm not serving that person they're the biggest enemy in my life and a lot of times we vilify we make the person that we're supposed to serve the most our biggest enemy saul in david's life was the villain of the story right pretty simple to see that. Okay? Saul was the villain of the story but David never made him his enemy. I'm going to say that again. Saul was the villain of the story but David never made him his enemy. He honored him He wouldn't put a hand to him, and he served him, no matter what Saul did to him. Some of the people in your life that you think are the villain, that you think are the enemy, are the people that you're supposed to serve the most. If you have the hardest time with someone, and God continually puts them in your life, it could be that God has called you to serve him. It could be that God wants to teach you something in the middle of serving them and take them from making them the enemy to making them the person that you serve. It could be that God wants to teach you something See, he puts people in your life, especially he puts people in your life that you don't like. The people that are in your life that you would never choose to be there could quite possibly be your biggest key to growth in life. Come on. I don't, the people that I choose to have in my life, they don't bring a whole lot of growth because they sound and talk and act just like me and we all justify the same kind of things it's the people that god has put in my life that can bring the most growth think about this for a second david had to learn a certain kind of lesson by having a spear thrown at his head do you think david chose to have that Do you think David chose to have Saul in his life? No, but God put him in that scenario to learn something. He put that villain, quote-unquote, in David's life because David must have had to go through some kind of lesson to be learned by having a spear chucked at his head. I don't know what it could have been. I have a spouse... A boss, friends like Pastor Josh, in my life because sometimes they're going to say things or do things to me, and I need to learn from that. But oftentimes I justify not listening to them by just saying, eh, they're my enemy. You're going to learn the greatest lessons of service and growth from people that you could easily vilify. But David never made Saul his enemy. David did everything he could to serve Saul right to the very end. There's another story in the Bible, in David's life. It takes place when David's son Absalom, David had a son, his name was Absalom. Absalom tried to steal the throne from David. And so Absalom... David gets word that Absalom and an army are coming to Jerusalem, where David's palace is. And David didn't want to fight Absalom at that time. So David flees his palace. He flees Jerusalem. He's leaving. He's running away. He's willing to just give Absalom the palace. And as David is fleeing, probably one of the the most low points of David's life, as David is fleeing, they're walking down this path outside Jerusalem. And there's people on the sides. Because everybody wants to see the king, right? So they have a chance to see David. Well, there's this one guy up on a cliff. His name was Shimei. Shimei didn't like David. So David's fleeing for his life, running from his son who's trying to steal the throne. And there's Shimei up on this cliff. And Shimei starts cursing David. And he starts throwing things at David. The, 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 the stories in 2 Samuel 16. And Shimei basically says, Hey David, you had this coming to you. You stole the kingdom from Saul. And this is just God's way of giving you, like you're just reaping what you're sowing, is basically what David says. And he starts to curse David. I'm going to read it. Second Samuel 16, verse 7. He says, As he cursed David, Shimei said, get out, get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a murderer. Then Abishai, who was one of the king's protectors, one of the king's general, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. You don't do that to the king. You don't just curse the king and throw things at the king and get away with it. He says, let me go over and cut off his head. But David said, what does this have to do with you? Listen to what he says now. He says, if he is cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? Then he says, so um, my son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me. How much more than this guy? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. David had this enemy, this guy who's cursing him, who's throwing stuff at him. He could have easily just had him killed. The guy, one of his men wanted to kill off, cut off his head. David could have said, yeah, go cut off his head. I'm tired of listening to this guy. But what does David do? David takes the words of this enemy, and he, he, says, to them, he says to his people, he says, I am going to take the words of my enemy, and I'm going to hear them as if it's God himself speaking it to me. You're anointed for conflict because you have the ability to take even the words of your enemy and hear what God is speaking through them. Some of you can't even listen to people that love you. You would have a hard time hearing something your enemy said to you and taking it as a word from the Lord. But David, who was anointed for conflict, who says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, he says, I am going to take the words of this guy who who is telling me that I'm a murderer and a scoundrel and I deserve what I'm getting and I'm going to hear it from the Lord. And he says, he says here in, 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 in chapter 16... He says, I'm going to, may it be that the Lord will look upon my re- misery and restore to me his blessing instead of curse today. He's going to re- take the, the words that were meant as a curse and he's going to restore them as a blessing. A while back I had a coworker who didn't like me for some reason. And I don't know why you wouldn't like me. But he didn't like me. I'm kidding. There's a lot of things not to like, just ask my wife. <laughs> so my coworker didn't like me, right? And he went to my boss, and he kind of said some things that weren't so nice. He said I was trying to destroy him and ruin everything my bosses tried to make and really like cursed me. And my boss told me about it. And I heard about all these things he was saying, and, and it was hurtful. And at first, I, I I like justified why this guy was crazy, and I, anyone that would listen to me, I would talk to them about how crazy this coworker was, and I would tell people the things that I heard, and, and and I really like got a lot of pity party points from that, and people really felt bad for me, and I was sitting in in my office about a day after that happened. And I started to process some of the things that this person said. And I started to think about some of the things that they said. And I realized that there was a little bit of truth to some of the things that this person was saying. And I started to think, okay, maybe it is a little true. Maybe this person is speaking a little bit of truth. And I made some changes to the way that I lived and thought and did. And I made a change in my heart to commit even more to my boss. And the words that this guy who I could have seen as my enemy actually became a blessing in my life because they helped me to grow. And so David's saying, I'm going to take the curses and I'm going to pray that, they, that, that the curses that he's saying become a blessing. To my life. You are anointed for conflict because you can take the curses of people that might not like you and they can become a blessing in your life. Here's the deal some of you guys aren't listening to the people that love you, and so God is bringing some people that don't. And some of you, some of us, let's say, because I'm, I'm part of it, some of us have pushed out all the people in our life who will tell us the truth, so God's got to bring in people who will. And so you see the people that are just speaking truth about you as your enemy. But sometimes it takes an enemy to point out that you're fake, that you're a liar, that you're judgmental. Sometimes it takes someone who doesn't care if they hurt your feelings to tell you what you really need to hear. And I promise you that nobody on that path with David was willing to say to David what he really needed to hear that day. So it took Shimei up on the cliff to say the truth, to throw the stones, to get David's attention so that he would listen. Here's something to ask yourself this morning. All those people that you've made a villain, that you've made an enemy, what is God trying to say to you through them? Because I know with me there's a certain theme that my enemies say. It all kind of starts to sound the same if I really sit back and process it. So your enemy will say things that your yes, men and women that you've put your life in your life, they'll say things they won't. And your spouse, your boss, your pastor your real friends that you can easily vilify and make an enemy. Those are the people that are speaking truth, and you need to hear their words as if God is saying them to you himself. Take their words they might be curses, they might not. It might just be said out of love, I don't know. But take what they say and allow God to make it into a blessing this morning. So yeah, you're anointed for conflict. God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, but it's not to win the fight. It's not to be the one that's right at the end of the argument. It's the one to serve your enemies, and you're anointed to hear God speaking to you through their words. So as we end this morning, we're going to take communion. You should have gotten some cups when you came in. The Bible talks about, in Psalm 23, 5, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of your enemies. And Pastor Josh reminded me that it's easiest if you take the top part off first, the bread part off first, if you can even call it bread. But take that part off first, and then you'll get to the juice a whole lot easier. But this morning, I want you to take a few moments while you're at the table, the Lord's Supper. We're at the table... We're going to have communion. We're communing with God. You're going to have your own elements at your own chair. I'm going to let you take them in the timing that you're ready to. But as you're at the table, Psalm 23.5 says, you prepare a table before me. So you're at the table with your elements. Just think this over. Think this through a little bit this morning. Who have you made an enemy that you really should be serving? What are people saying to you that you may not want to hear, but God's been trying to speak to you through them? Who is it that you need to forgive? They may not even have done anything wrong, but you made them the enemy. The Bible talks about us not being forgiven until we can forgive other people around us. So maybe there's someone in your heart that you have to make it right with before you can sit at the table and take the communion, take the Lord's Supper. Maybe there's a relationship, a person. Maybe there is a real villain in your life, but you need to go and and stop making them the enemy and start serving them, start hearing them, start listening to them. So I'm going to let you... We have a few minutes left here. I'm going to let you do that in your own timing. And then when Pastor Josh or Jake feels it's ready, they can come and close the service out. But there's someone in your life, like Pastor Josh said, this is a timely word I felt. It's very specific, but it's very timely for some of you. There's someone in your life that you're seeing as the villain, but they're not your enemy. And maybe it's time to just commit to God that you're going to hear them and listen. Thank you. Blessings.